Hello, everyone. This is Rick with the Cyber Pro Podcast. I'm excited. Jacob, you're here. We're going to get some good questions from you. Let's kick off right away. Who are you and what do you do? Hi, thank you for having me. <clears throat> um, I'm a detective with Mountain View Police Department in Mountain View, California. So I'm assigned to our, our Cyber and Financial Crimes Unit. Uh, part of that is I'm also our task force member with the Silicon Valley Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. Uh, my or my responsibilities beyond that are I take all of our cybercrime related investigations, um, all of our identity theft, and anything other that could be fraud related. So it's pretty vast. Requires me to uh, sort of dabble in a lot of stuff. Jack of all trades, but master of none. Yeah. Uh, nice. I'm going to ask a bonus question right away just because I'm always curious. I did not go into law enforcement. I did do some military law enforcement at a time, but what made you want to become a police officer? Oh, and that's, that is a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> my dad was a police officer for the city that I grew up in. Um, it's a city he grew up in too. So it, it was unique. Um, having a father that was a police officer in the city where you live, we had interactions with people that had interactions with him in a professional setting. And it let me really understand the impact you can have on your community. Uh, one of the most memorable incidents uh, was the high school I went to. We got out early every Friday. And my dad didn't work on Fridays. His schedule was Monday through Thursday. So he'd pick me up from school every Friday and we'd go out to lunch. And we're sitting there having lunch. He goes to wash his hands. And the table behind us, the kid turns around and taps me on the shoulder. And he says, is that your dad? And he was probably estimating his age, like eight years old. I said, yeah. And his mom says something in Spanish. I'm the only member of my family that doesn't speak Spanish. Uh, but his mom says something to him in Spanish. And then he tells me, my mom says your dad's a good man. He helped my brother when no one else would. And I was like, and as, as the son of a cop, when somebody goes, is that your dad? You're always kind of like, like <laughs> arrest them. Like what's, what's going to, you know, you're, yeah, it's always an interesting time. Uh, but then my dad comes back and I say, Hey, do you recognize them? Like, this is what she said. So my dad talks to her a little bit. Again, I don't speak Spanish. I have no idea what they said. Um, but yeah, apparently her son, the father was out of the picture. Her son started to go down a path that wasn't a good one. And so my dad would show up and sort of direct him towards PAL, so Police Athletics League, and a few other routes that it sounds like turned out pretty good for him. Um, so having those interactions at a young age, and then going to college, going to the military, I looked at it like, okay, well, now I want to go back to where I grew up, go back to my community, and you know, try and have a positive impact. And then all those stories of when I was a kid with my dad, they sort of popped up. And I was like, hey, let me let me try my hand at this. And now it's 13 years later. Nice. Thank you for the feel-good story. I think that goes really well. And I think, I think those are the stories we need to hear more about, not the bad stories in the newspapers about some crappy police officer that's the you know the 1%, right? There's a lot of folks like you and your dad who, who make a difference. So thank you. Let's get back to the actual fun questions. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, the second question that I normally ask is, 
why do you love being a cyber professional, especially in your world where you're actually doing forensics? Yeah. Um, it's always changing. It's always different. Uh, so yeah, I, my partner does most of our forensics. I dabble, I assist him. Um, but my investigations take me everywhere. Uh, and it'll be IP investigation as far as like intellectual property for some of the tech companies in the area, but also IP is an area of protocols. Like I'll be investigating IPs to find attribution. Um, I'm sorry to do a lot of network investigation where I'll get network logs from, uh, from a computer, from a service provider that then helps me identify a suspect. It, it's, it's just always changing. It's always something different. And when I see one technique being used in an investigation, I might see it again, or I might see a progression of it. So it's always changing, always requiring me to stay on top of it, to continue to learn. And it never, you never really see the same thing. You'll see variations of it, but each variation is unique. It just makes it fun. There's a lot of problem solving. Uh, it's, it's not cut and dry. So it, it's, it's just that uniqueness to uh, progression. So let's pivot. Yeah. I always ask people to think about the term cybersecurity as a top concern. But in your world, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, so my world, there's really two. So there's cybersecurity when it comes to work. And then there's cybersecurity where it comes to my home. And so they overlap. Uh, you had a guest on a week or two ago, um, Irvin Lemon, Remus. And I love his explanation of cybersecurity. It was very to the point. You're not going to use the same lock for your door as you would for your safe, right? I, I love that. Password changes. So I'm going to start refer to his um, <laughs> in one sense because I can't say it better. Although it might be more rambling. And, uh, but in the work world, it is very much what he said. A lot of what I am seeing is just people using poor security. Um, there is deception involved, but it's made easier by their lack of security. Uh, so in that sense, I'll defer to his explanation. <laughs> and it focus more on hope because like I said, I do, uh, I am our task force member for Silicon Valley ICAC. So they're not crimes against children. Um, I have a young child at home. I have a daughter. And so doing these investigations has really opened my eyes into the predatory world that exists online. Um, it, it is, it's just the nature of people. It's not the tools that are bad. It's the people and how they decide to use them. And so cybersecurity for me, at least in my home sense, it is knowing the security settings on my daughter's device, number one. So like I said, going back to security, but then also knowing how she's interacting with that device, knowing what she's going to be doing, what she's going to be watching, where she's going to be going, and then curating her experiences with those. Because she's young. She's pretty young, though. I don't want her to not have any technical experience, right? So she has her tablet, she likes her shows, but then curating that experience for her to limit her interaction with people that might not be the, have the best intentions, uh, online. And 
going on from there, it is making sure that our network too is secure. So our whole Wi-Fi, making sure that segment. So say I segment all of our IoT from how my wife is going to be connecting when she decides to work from home. And it's going to be different from when even my like brothers or my parents come over or her family comes over and they want to connect to Wi-Fi. It's like, great, here's our guest password. You're not connecting to her work. You're not connecting to our IoT. Everything is segmented. And then how my daughter connects is also segmented. Nice. Uh, so keeping all of those divided and then I, I hesitate to use the term penetration testing. So I'm not good at it by any means. But I try to dabble and then just, so yeah, just making sure it's secure and even making sure like her monitor that we use is secure. Even though it doesn't connect to Wi-Fi, making sure that people can't intercept that signal that's yeah. being sent. It might it might seem like overkill, but yeah, for me, that's that's sort of my whole cybersecurity realm. That's amazing. And I, I actually think that people don't take an account when they should start educating their children on cyber hygiene, right? I mean, you know, every, every child I see somewhere is playing on their parent's phone or is on their tablet, and, and that's great. They're getting educated that way. They're getting used to how we function with the world today. But I appreciate you sharing because I think as your journey goes with your daughter, you're going to see at different times, hey, this is something else I'm going to need to educate. And I think you're in such a great place with what you do for a living to really know what that needs to look like. So I don't think it's overkill at all. I appreciate you for that. <laughs> yeah. my, my wife says I'm a little paranoid, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, if you if you were, if you were, you know... Just you know, chilling out, working at a convenience store, may maybe a little bit, but I think I think you have the right to be a little bit more proactive. So, well, let let's pivot then to a question where I, I'm I'm just excited to see what you have to offer. We have a really cool network of cyber professionals. What insight do you want to share with them? This is this might sound repetitive, but just continue to learn uh, and learn from various sources. So I know you always like in my field, I'll talk to industry professionals uh, because I go to a lot of trainings, right? I need to stay up on training with techniques that are changing. So I'll talk to industry professional, but then the industry professional will be like, oh, go to YouTube. I learned a lot of stuff from YouTube. So you share that a lot, but I'll take you a little bit further in, and again, it's, I have a unique, or I have unique access to some information in the sense that I get to talk to for lack of a better word the criminals that are using some of these techniques and the first real cybersecurity lesson that i got that still resonates with me today and how i interact with my devices was actually from someone who was in jail at the time so i started out with the sheriff's office uh, at that time everyone had to start in the jail and so i was walking one of the guys to visiting and when he walked, I mean, he's, I was spending 12 to 16 hours with these guys four days a week. So I was seeing them more than I was seeing my wife. Well, like she was my girlfriend, right? Like I spent more time with these guys than them. And uh, walking him to visit me. And he just starts talking to me. And so I start talking to him, you know, what'd you do? And he starts telling me a little bit about how he ended up uh, in jail. And I just started picking his brain. He's just doing identity theft. And it was so 
tech heavy, but not intensive because he was relying on people to have weak security. And so talk to just everybody, but you'll learn from everyone. There's no such thing as useless knowledge. Um, <laughs> none. And like, I do not believe that at all. You might think, you are like, oh, I'm never going to use that. And at some point it will just, what that person tells you will resonate and it will make everything click. So learn, but learn from even the most unexpected sources. I love it. And, and I agree. You know, I think we actually met at a Pacific hackers conference yeah. where there's a bunch of white hat hackers who maybe played in the gray sometimes, but they give such good feedback because they're trying to do what that bad person is doing. So that's a great story. I appreciate that. Final fun question for you. What's your favorite piece of retro technology that makes you smile? So I was thinking about this one. Uh, and I have to settle on when I was, I don't know, I want to say like 10, I took all my savings and bought a uh, Neo Geo Pocket. So it's like everyone had like Game Boys, but I, I like the obscure. <laughs> and so like, I remember learning about Neo Geo. It was big in Japan. I was like, oh man, they're here. They're in the Bay Area. I can go to their offices and buy one directly. So I convinced my mom to, number one, let me spend my savings on it. And then to get her to drive me there, I just like pop into their office. Just this, like eight-year-old kid. I was like, I would buy a Neo Geo Pocket. Just like throw it down. I was like, it's at his desk, right? Um, but I, and I bought it and that thing, I love that thing. I still have it. I should have brought it actually. Uh, it's blue camouflage. I don't know why I got blue camouflage, but I got blue camouflage. And it just, it just makes me happy. Like, it's just, yeah, it's obscure. It's, I don't even know if it turned on anymore, but <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Nice. Jacob, thank you so much for being on the CyberPro podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. Thank you for watching the CyberPro podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on new podcasts and bonus content.